Zvolám si SLS. I think we're ready. We're live. Awesome. Right, I'll just push it out. Um, if I can get the link. Sponsored by Expo Capital, baby. <laughs> Love it. How the how do I? Uh, I'm just trying to figure out how to share this now. Oh, there we go. I've just, I was, the only reason I was late, I was just I was speaking to this GameFi project that want some investment. Um, they're trying to build effectively, like you know, when you're a kid in school and you're supposed to be doing like IT work and you're just playing mini clip, <laughs> like stupid oh, fucking. God. I used to do stupid. that all the time. <laughs> yeah so they're they're wanting to build out like a mini mini clip slash move towards like uh a steam further down the line but just like really simple chess tic-tac-toe connect four checkers all that kind of shit but have crypto wages built in there as well um so they're looking for some investment at the minute so I think I'm going to throw them some shekels if you, if you want to jump in as well I don't know <laughs> yeah bro I I <clears throat> any opportunity like that where someone's building something unique and innovative, um, I'm down to invest. Cause I mean, you know, at some point it, these things are going to play out and pan off really well. So I always like supporting, um, you know, people doing new things. That's it, isn't it? That's, I mean, you see, you see the potential in the whole game fire industry. And I think sometimes it's a little bit, I don't know. It's a bit. Sometimes it's more like um, just complex yield farming, but using GameFi as a method to do that. But I think something that's that simple as chess, tic tac toe, or something along those lines. I think it could have uh, just the ability to bring more people in, and everyone's a fucking degenerate anyway, aren't they? So they they love uh, a little bit of a gamble and a wager. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, you know, when you look back to the way things started and the first video games and, you know, the first social gaming sites, um, those games started off as like tic-tac-toe and, you know, uh, checkers and chess and things like that. And then games evolved. So I think um, the reason it works is because it's a component of familiarity combined with like the fact it's like, oh shit, this actually works. So people, it, it really more than obviously playing the game, it shows them the potential of the blockchain and, and what can be possible. So people will start thinking, well, what if we can play, you know, Mario and someone forks, forks Mario on it and then um, you get actual games. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the blockchain is going to be the future of all gaming, actually. Exactly, exactly. Um, right, what you're seeing happening on a, a wider scale? Let's have a little zoom out with this chart. The old Bitcoin 12 hour here. The old corn. Just want to make sure the voice is coming through on this. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, Elon, Elon managed to pump yesterday off a simple tweet saying he's not selling Bitcoin, Ethereum or Dogecoin, which people people were like, <clears throat> Elon's just announced that he's he's bought Ethereum. I was like, no, if you if you, they did that the B word kind of commentary on with him and Kathy Woods and Jack from Twitter a while back, and he mentioned then that he had Bitcoin, Ethereum and, and Dogecoin. So I think people kind of jumped all over that and just thought, right, this is an excuse to try and pump pump ETH. But he'd already mentioned that he did have a bag of ETH. Oh, he did. Yeah, prior to that, this was like, it was when I was in Thailand, so it must have been like six months ago, so I think everyone jumped all over that yesterday and expecting that to be like big news, but, you know. Yeah, well, I think it's kind of silly to think that Elon Musk doesn't own Ethereum, right? It's like, he's not stupid, Um, and Bitcoin is, it has no utility. It's a store of value, whereas Ethereum is really the, the the corner piece of, I would almost say, the blockchain at this point. It it's mm-hmm. it's the center of DeFi, and for him not to own ETH is just absolutely stupid. So it's crazy <laughs> though how he can move a chart, man. Like I wish I had that shell power to move the Bitcoin chart. That's badass. Yeah, that's, that's fucking next level, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Do you think that's do you think that's like? I I've thought about this a few times. Do you think that's purely bots though? Like, it wouldn't be hard to fetch like some kind of API and string from an Elon tweet. Like, if Elon tweets these phrases by this, like, it wouldn't be that hard of a script to write, would it? So, is it is it in effect like bots fighting fighting each other to kind of front run each other, and then inevitably? Anyone who buys in from retail just gets fucking destroyed as usual. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, I never thought about that, but it, it really could be. Um, or is it just that whole, because a lot of times, you know, what causes a pump in any chart is emotions and people's thoughts. And that's like, oh, I think this is going to pump because so-and-so or so-and-so just announced a partnership with XYZ, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> people are going to buy. Th- those people are actually never going to buy. It's the people yeah. that are buying that think someone's going to buy. So, you know, we see this in shit coins. Okay. Let's say um, NBA coin. Oh my gosh, uh, Michael Jordan is going to talk about NBA coin on his podcast. Well, <clears throat> NBA coin is going to pump because <laughs> people think when Michael Jordan talks about it on his podcast, it's going to pump. Why is it a buy the rumor, sell the news event? Is it mm. just magic? No, it's not fucking magic. It's because no one gives a fuck that listens to the <laughs> podcast. It's all about the perception that what people are going to do. That's why the people that are based and plugged in are buying the rumor and then they're selling the news. So, yeah, I mean, I think Elon Musk could actually do this on a large scale. And, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, Elon's back in the doge. Well, we already knew that. And, oh, my God, he has Ethereum. It's like, well, one could assume that. He also challenged Putin to a one-on-one duel today. 
and he said the 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 winner takes Ukraine, which I, I translated the tweet, and I think that's fucking hilarious because it's just and like, then he's then he's tagged the fucking Kremlin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he tagged the Kremlin. There's shit coin what? right there. What's he saying? The little shit. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, look at that! One thousand likes uh, for his comment. He doesn't deserve it. Love you, he's... love you, shit coin. But you're a G. <laughs> He's a farmer of clout. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a hilarious video. It's just oh him giving God. Totally turned down. <laughs> Shit. But yeah, it looks like it's I mean, I know you shouldn't be looking down at 15-minute charts when the wider macro view is a lot more bearish, but it's not exactly setting up badly um what i did, i haven't actually, i've only just recently woke up so i don't know what the what the outcome was yesterday of the eu and trying to ban proof of work yeah what's like, that all about yeah fucking idiots <coughs> well absolutely you know the 15 minute is actually i i i use it um when i'm leverage trading a lot i use it trading shit coins but that volume on that 15 minute candle that's hard to ignore there was a, there yeah. was a lot of volume on that. And um, and you're still covering the space. It just depends, you know, if you if you want to. I usually use the day chart for like a meta-analysis. But when you look at this, see, that gives us what? Like a four-day analysis. So we're, we're really four days in crypto is like 40 days in, in the real world. So, <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. We smacked right into resistance. But if you go back to that chop, um back Just in there. like and you look at that chop what was interesting i think what shocked a lot of people is that chop back in july and in, in, in september leading <laughs> back into the bull run actually looked like a high time frame bear flag where you have this kind of wedge off of a huge drop and it defied every trader's dreams because it actually broke up this consolidation yeah. is interesting because I truly believe we're in an uptrend. I think we're making higher lows, and I'll die on that hill. I wonder what the fucking boomer market's looking like. Um, should be closed right now, but look at you then... with all your boomer tickers. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> you got. We've got to keep an eye on it now. What we always fucking take the piss out of this because. For years and years and years, it was like, oh, we need institutional adoption. We need, we need like the big money to come in. And now they're here. Everyone's like, oh no, it's the markets have been manipulated by the institution. I was like, what the fuck did you expect to happen? Like, see, <laughs> this is what they yeah. do. They control markets. But it did look like it's coming into some kind of. I mean, it's on total support right now. I mean, that's you know, it's, it's interesting though. If you zoom out for like shit man from a high time frame it's just been on a total tear the whole time doesn't that look so overextended to you <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck if i was in a shit coin like that i'm gonna wait for a bounce and i'm selling the lower high like all out i'm, I'm jumping my portfolio look at that i mean i know this is from like Nine March eighty six. 
15,000%. But they just like, um, I don't fucking know. It's, it, it just looks like a, it, lo- it looks like what you'd expect to see off some shitcoin honey, honey pot where they're like constantly allowing buys and sells and then removing it just completely up and up and to the right. Sure. And that's, well, the interesting thing though, is you got to take into account is inflation. So it's mm. going up in value because inflation's going up. So I bet you if you had an inflation adjusted chart, it wouldn't look that crazy. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Because mm-hmm. if or you went back then, uh... to, you know, 50 and something's worth like, you know, what? yeah, $20 there. Or I bet you, well, so for instance... My dad told me that back in the 70s, he was working in California. He was making 150K a year. And I looked up the inflation adjusted scale. The guy's pulling in over seven figures a year doing construction back then. So things are just different. Yeah. And the problem is, I don't know what it's like over near you guys, but wages in the UK, like, pretty much stagnated. Then you also had like, because it was the year that I first went to university that they increased the student loan capacity. So it was like nine grand a year minimum. And then you've got your student loan on top of that. So it was about 15 grand a year. So wages stagnated, your student debt, like mine's around probably like 70, 80 grand and they're not getting a fucking penny of it. (laughs) Um, And then house prices just completely boomed. So you've got like, Average wages, increase in debt, and then a higher ceiling to actually go onto the property ladder. So it's just like, and then if you if you took that back to the seventies where you could get a house for like a couple of grand and wages were still reasonably good relative to to that cost basis, it was like you see all the memes where it's like uh, my parents in the thirties let's buy a house, have two children, get a dog, and then it's like me in my thirties I'm gonna ache two grand at this next shit coin that comes up the market, even if liquidity is not locked and shit like that. <laughs> it's fucking nuts (laughs) um speaking of shit coins what's what's going on we've been getting cheated the fuck (laughs) yeah we have um what what have we what have we had recently what is is there anything holding up what's mri doing yeah so mri is holding up well uh and is holding up well. So let's oh, we'll start with MRI here. Wow, that chart looks good. It looks ready to... Uh, well, p- people, people selling into a week where there's a UFC event in the UK is fucking stupid, if, if you ask me. Like, the amount of marketing hype and expectation that comes around just a UFC event in and of itself, which is why I bought some more yesterday. Um, yeah. I just thought, yeah, that's, that's just the way to go. Just play the game. I did too. I think I bought about 15 ETH. I was like, I mean, because if you look at it, you know. So what what I always try to tell people is anything that runs hard once is going to run hard again. Like, I mean, you can see this in every chart. Things just don't go one run and done when it's a narrative leader and an innovator. So this reminds me of the early MCC days. Uh, multi-chain capital it ran up hard once it dumped and it blew off and then it ran up hard again 
So if you were to chart that from like the 26th all the way through the 5th, there was a parabolic rise, increasing volume. And then it looks like right about on the 6th. Yeah, let's see. It's like a 10x. Oh yeah. 10x. You look on the, it looks like somewhere around the 6th-ish, you got that bearish kind of candle up there. Um, and that was that was kind of your your low time frame or, or short scale blow off but then it's rounding out and it's going to make a run at the highs again just, just from a chart perspective let alone all the things like you said like the UFC that are going on in the background yeah and just the from my perspective, like the psychology of why stuff that goes up quick comes back down, it's like, yes, if something goes up gradually over the course of like a year or two, it's like, yeah, that's that's all well and good. I've put the time and effort into holding this. It's been a gradual incline. So, and what I always say is, and I think this is the problem with a lot of hyperinflation tokens like Owen Forks, if, if anything comes really easy or really quickly, it's always the first thing to get offloaded because it's like it's falling on your lap. You've made good returns. So you're not going to risk losing those returns. And I think uh, like wider market psychology also fits that, that, that whole thesis because if you've got like from the, uh, from the 25th, as we just said, that's like a 10x in the space of like how many, however many days, like 10 days or whatever it is. People are not going to risk losing a 10x in a pretty shitty market when they can just kind of offload. So anytime that something does run hard, you've got to be extremely careful that you don't get, one, you don't get into bag holder territory because a lot there's a lot of mercenary capital. It's all PVP at the minute. So you have to kind of protect yourself. But at the same time, um, you also have to zoom out a little bit and like think about the wider picture because this is it's effectively got one of the strongest narratives in the game at the minute. And I think these markets can also decouple from what's going on in the wider in the wider markets just from how many people are kind of interested in all the new market participants coming in they don't have an understanding of what macro factors are so they'll just probably look at it and even hear the ticker and just fucking ape in so you've got to take all that shit into account as well yeah i mean it, it, it's true and it, it's like you're right i mean the markets are in the shitter so something i don't know like well, first of all, uh, when did you make your first bias into MRI? Well, <laughs> fortunately, um, I was because I got I got time zone rugged all the time because I'm out in Asia. So oh. usually, usually I just get shitcoin or Mike. I just say like if I know something's like on the horizon or something's about to happen. If I'm going to sleep, I'll just say, "Look, there's like half an eve, an eve. If it if it launches while I'm asleep, just fucking buy it." <clears throat> And I didn't even know MRI was, was like brewing under the surface. So like I, I went to sleep and I just had like a pinned message off, off Mike saying, you owe me 0.95 ETH. And I was like, all right, what, what for? <laughs> he went, I bought some, I bought you some MRI last night when it, when it, when it first, first launched. And I was like, oh shit. And then I didn't look at it and Mike, Michael fucking kill me for saying this, but Mike <laughs> sold his bag for like 2K profit. Ugh. And I think, he, I think he got in like sub 100k, 
and then obviously um, I just completely forgot about it then looked the next day and I was like, Jesus Christ, that's a, that's a pretty pretty big bag at the minute. But he'd like bought me some, this bag for like 2k profit. And then like I, I effectively had to just like, once I got some out, I just chucked him some info of it. So, but yeah, it's really early. I think it's like so. So, so do you have your original bag from from then? No, I'd, I'd scaled out and scaled back in and just tried to play that whole thing because at the time the market looked like it was going to shit. Pulled out very very handsome profit, but again, just as I say, I've picked picked up bags when it's when it's dipped and just played like this the swing narrative around when UFC events and things like that were going on. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean that makes sense, but like like he didn't sell your bag. For you, right? Oh no, no. He just he just fired it over the next morning. Made sure I got that off out of his wallet as quickly as possible. <laughs> Dude, that's epic. Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was funny. Um, so so when it launched, the market was bearish overall, and um, I mean, this thing literally in the first two days it did over fifty million in volume, which is a lot. Um, so. I, I think it shocked everyone who bought it shocked me for sure. But it's like, you know, why did it run so hard? Well, it's it 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 created a narrative. I call it the movement memes. These are things, memes with actual utility and that are behind a movement. They're not charities. A lot of people get it confused. Like and I see how this FUD uh, guys like Ben Askren and uh Ben Askream as Colby Covington <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love that. Um <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's so funny. Um, got, got Ronnie in the chat saying, show me the code. <laughs> yeah, dude, show me the code. By the way, <laughs> the team is making show me the code merch. And I am going to get one of those fucking hoodies. That's so baller. Uh, yeah, so you got guys like, you know, funding it and saying like, hey, if this was a charity, why wouldn't you just give it to the or whatever? And I'm like, it's not a fucking charity. So it's a meme coin. The point is to make money while also helping people, which I think mm -hmm. is awesome. I don't know. I mean, about you, I have never seen memes do this before. <clears throat> I guess you have Floki building a um, like a, a, a girls' school in Africa, which I think is awesome. But mm -hmm. it, it's never like that was their original intention. So no, no, this, no, no. you know, like this, the meme coins were were for one reason: it's to make money. So now you see like. RBI, AIR, HWI, helping baseball players, actors, musicians, singer-songwriters, like all these coins, you know, helping Ukraine. I think it's great that um, memes are evolving. So, yeah, the world's talking shit and all this FUD and this and that, but I think this shows the power of the crypto community as a whole to actually stand up and do something good in a bear market. I mean... Mm -hmm. I might be wrong, but I, I, I think we are a large meta wise. I think we're in a long term bull market. I think that the, the crypto charts, you'll look back 20 years from now. And as you look at those stock charts, they're going to look the same. People will look at Bitcoin. I, like, I believe Bitcoin is going to over a million dollars. I think it'll go to $10 million. Why? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm of the same opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just going to, inflation's going to go up, but you guys got, like Elon Musk said in a tweet, um, you're different assets. 
are going to go up. When inflation markets happen, you're going to want to be positioned in houses and things like this, uh, assets. But I mean, yeah, dude, I, <laughs> I literally see that. People will laugh, but it's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you told someone back in, in the 50s that that stock they're 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 buying for 20 is going to go to 4,000, they would probably laugh at you too, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of fucking inevitable, really, isn't it? Like, I mean, when you see all the stress on, like, online and things like that, you just look at this and it's just like, I know the whole zoom out and on things are complete fucking meme and over rinse, but I mean, we know where we're going. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind oh. of inevitable. <laughs> if you, if you show me this chart right here, if this is the shit coin on a one minute time frame, uh, one, I'm like, okay, let's say I have one ETH to spend. I'm going to spend 60% of my ETH right now on a shit coin. Because if you go back to like that 2018 and you kind of see that downtrend and then it comes up and then it makes a higher low and then it's like these two parabolas. You got this parabola from 2015 to 2018 and then you kind of got this parabola from 2019 all the way through 2021 and now mm -hmm. it's just in a cool off period and it looks ready to make another parabola and I don't know. I mean, it looks like the target could go, yeah, up to like 250 300,000. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. What do you see? No, same, man. Like, it's obviously going to get these kind of deflationary impulses. The markets can't just fucking go up forever. And, and what people don't take into account is like, we've had, like, we've had a good two years, don't get me wrong, uh, caused by some less than favorable kind of conditions worldwide with the pandemic and, and now going into what looks like could be if we don't play our cards right a horrendous war but um just just on a wider lens i think people because because there's so much money made in this space i think people often forget like the fundamental philosophy and, and idea behind it all and i think like all it takes is for me to like flick through some old like OG Bitcoin videos and be like, get really pumped about it again. And just like, oh, fuck me. This is actually like, when you actually sit down and think about it, or even if you flick through the fucking white paper, it's like, Jesus, yeah, this is actually what it's all about. And I understand we can kind of make money in the meantime, but it's just a, such a fucking cool thing. And like, it's probably one of the greatest inventions to ever come out of mankind. Just when you actually sit down and think about it from like a, philosophy perspective from a monetary policy perspective it's just fucking fascinating so there's absolutely no way on earth this isn't going to like a million dollars in it in a couple of years time um and I, i'd always encourage people if if they've came into this space and immediately just went to like the shit coins and micro caps just to, to even just to grow some conviction just go back and like look at what satoshi was saying and what the idea was around it and really understand that and that'll kind of stop you paper hand and shit going forward because you'll actually understand what the space was all designed for all about and we're kind of seeing it for the greater good where the crypto wallets donate to the ukraine have donated more than like some top 10 gdp countries um but that won't be the narrative that's played out it'll be russia using crypto to evade sanctions so we also have sure. kind of need to be 
need to be wary of that as well. But but yeah, this this but this will this will hit a million dollars one day, and people will just be like, yeah, I didn't want to buy because it was up so much percent. But again, as you were saying, if you look at the kind of fucking stock market, it just looks like an absolute shit coin. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because they're looking back to 2015, right? And everyone tells that fucking pizza man story of the the pizza man that whatever spent x amount of bitcoins and it's like oh it's just a thing but no that that's the thing and, and i mean you're you're an expert i i would consider you an expert in DeFi. it's like you're oh god what a horrendous chart don't remind me you know it's like <laughs> i shouldn't say that because i hold a massive bag um, yeah, but, I've still got some as well. <laughs> I'm still holding yeah. on for the day. <laughs> yeah, I think I own like 1% of the supply or something stupid. But, um, 100,000 to 20,000 or 5,000. Welcome to fucking shit coins. Um, I mean, we're actually seeing things used in these coins like this. Air. Uh, you know, donating money to musicians. <clears throat> I used to date a singer-songwriter and she was always going out hustling every fucking night in nashville different different venues right and i'm working full-time as a chiropractor at the time and um it was fun man she was a cool girl uh that's a that's a thankless industry that though isn't it like i i used to like when i was a bit younger teenage going in like early 20s i was like it's fucking it's a grind it's such a grind like since everything moved to spotify and they don't have any control over the music i think they get for like a thousand players, they get like not point, like they get like effectively three cents. So like a million, a million players on Spotify is like five grand. Split that between five band members and a manager in a publishing studio, you're not getting fuck all, dude. It's it's crazy. Um, they, they so what I found out was a lot of those. Yeah, I mean it's hard for them to make money off of Spotify and everything, and. A lot of our favorite um, artists, they don't actually, they don't write their own songs. And so no. like the term singer-songwriter, when I met, met her, her name is Casey Weston. She's on The Voice, like one, like almost one or whatever. Did a tour, made a lot of money. And then as I was asking her, um, you know how she makes her money i was like so our singer songwriter what does that mean are you going out to like make it big right like that that's always my thought if i'm gonna do something i want to make it big if i'm gonna get in shit coins, like i want to be the guy that makes like a million dollars on every big shit coin i'm in or more right so and, and you should want that you should want the top so i was asking i was like so when are you gonna be famous or you know whatever <laughs> like your voice is so great why don't you just go out and crush it? And she said, well, because some people have to songwrite. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Don't you all just write your own songs? She's like, no. No, we, we write songs. So she would go hang out with friends. They smoked weed. And they wrote music. And mm -hmm. then, and I'm like, and how much do you get paid for this? She's like, well, it depends on a contract, but like, you can make anywhere from like 500 to a couple grand. Um, if you get a really good song, like five or 10 grand for like someone famous. And I'm just like, so they're getting paid for your work. She's like, yeah, that's right. 
so so most of your famous musicians are just um they're just better performers and 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 mm -hmm. they have connections so it it, it it was unfair because the people actually putting their heart and soul like a lot of these songs are it was funny she actually wrote a song about our breakup and this and that and these yellow roses i got her and like, i'm just like imagining like you know luke bryan or someone singing a song but he's not the one who went through it so people no. connect to it but it's a songwriter so anyways she's going out hustling every night at a bar for pure tips and like a good night was like 200 bucks a bad night was like 80 mm -hmm. and she's like well i don't care because i love it i'm like well you, you you should care though because you're not running a good business and you're not making good money so you got something like air that's actually putting money in the people's pockets who are doing these things i mean that's powerful and that's that's not possible with blockchain I don't know when you got into crypto, but when I got in, we didn't see these kind of projects. You were buying big FA things. You were buying, you know, Avalanche at three dollars, four dollars. Um, the, the the season of layer ones pumping huge. It, it I think is 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 kind of over until we see Bitcoin go run up to a million dollars or something like this. Mm -hmm. Like. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're, we're really looking at projects that are, are changing lives on a small scale. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. The only, the only kind of ecosystem we've, I know we've both got our eyes on at the minute is kind of Metis, and that's just because of the developments. And just the opportunity over there, um, I think I'll pull it up on, I think this is the Tefis chart. But yeah, we were, we were saying this yesterday, like this like how, how much of a joy it is to use Metis, but at the same time, I suppose it's a good thing and a bad thing. There's, there's like a handful of projects over there. Um, and you can look at that as if like, oh, the ecosystem's not built out. It's like really premature. But for me, all that spells is just complete opportunity for like projects that want to go and build over there. And cause it's, it's fucking legit. Like if you use it, it's the quickest network I've ever used. It's, it's, it's like a couple of dollars for transaction, which is good because what that does is if you look at Solana and um, some of the extremely cheap chains, there's, there's obviously, there's obviously benefits to that. Like everyone can like, participate and things like that, but not, not to put like a tinfoil hat on, but if other layer ones <laughs> and layer twos see networks doing extremely well, but it's a really cost, low cost basis to, fire through like a million transactions through a bot and clog the network and completely make it like a really bad user experience, then I guarantee some of that's going on. We've seen it with Solana, like the chain got completely botted on a token generation event and like the chain had to go down for like 48 hours or whatever it was. So having that like not a ridiculous fee for gas, but just enough to like dissuade any kind of bad actors from trying to bot the network. I think that's like a good good balance and that's what you kind of see on Mares. And that cost will come down as as more kind of validators come onto onto the layer two as well. And the beauty of it being a layer two is if there are any disputes, then it can just go back to main chain and get settled there. So I think um and I think they're gonna I think they're gonna flip like Arbitrum and I think they've already flipped optimism, but be just just from having that token, um I think uh, optimism and Arbitrum have, have fucked it there and just like delayed and delayed and delayed. Whereas um, I think with, with Metis, just having a token from the get-go, um, people are more interested 
Um, and it's also like, I understand arbitrage and optimism are very heavily VC, VC focused and VC um, invested, but I think they've fucked it by not releasing their token early because people are going to be looking at these chains where they can actually get their hand on token and invest in themselves. Just trying to find uh, as many layer twos here. L2B. Well, so I, I I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, so it's flipped up. It's flipped optimism. I mean, that's great because um, I don't know. This isn't my world, so I, I I'm not. I don't really know much about this. Um, I know the Metis team. Uh, I work with them on some stuff, and they're super based. So when you're working with him, it feels like you're working with family, right? Like, it feels like I'm talking to you. Like, mm -hmm. I can say, like, um, I don't know. I mean, I can I can just talk and be like, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know what the fuck that guy was thinking. Whereas if I'm speaking to, like, the Ethereum Foundation, it's going to feel weird saying that, you know? Mm -hmm. But it, it feels like I can talk. I can, I can just be myself. Um, they're people. They're people. People. So... I know I love it because of that, but I don't really know much about like the layer twos overall. So what is your experience with this? Um, one, why is Arbitrum have so much TVL, even though it seems like no one uses it? And two, what is it about Medis uh, that you like? Because I noticed you've taken a particular interest in it recently and I've been doing some farming on it. Yeah, yeah. Let me just... Let me see if this has CoinGecko. Yeah. Just just so people know, you can kind of come into CoinGecko categories um, and look at baskets of assets. Um, so we have a little check of all the projects in Arbitrum. So Arbitrum, from, from my understanding, is obviously it's a Ethereum's a whale playground, but not a lot of projects want to go and deploy on layer one now, particularly if it if their protocol's high like high gas because you're just going to disincentivize any any kind of retail participants on there and retail participants for ethereum whales are just kind of exit liquidity no matter which way you look at it <clears throat> so it's effectively give them a playground to be able to like encourage new participants to come over to ethereum so effectively what happens is with layer two um what they'll do is you can obviously bridge over to layer two with arbitrum and optimism you get like um, a wrapped version of Ethereum and transactions are effectively handled off chain by like a series of, of validators on the Arbitrum Optimism network. Um, and what they'll do is they'll process all these transactions off chain as if it was like its own network. And to save gas, they'll just submit like a snapshot or a proof of all the transactions that have, hit, have happened and then submit that back to the, to the first layer which is obviously Ethereum mainnet. So it reduces the amount of congestion on the main chain uh, whilst also allowing like high throughput on the on the second layer. And if there's anything like malicious activity or fraudulent behavior from any validators on the layer two, then there'll be like a cool down period for that specific transaction and it can get disputed on onto the on Ethereum layer one. So it can if anything like any shenanigans happen, then that that actual transaction and that like um, basket of transactions will then be submitted to the main chain and then it can get verified by the Ethereum validators. So it's got that underlying security of 
the main chain and a lot of all the all the other transactions are handled off chain and then submitted back. So the problem with Arbitrum, I think, is one, it's it's a little bit of a pain in the ass for the average user. They don't know what an optimistic rollup is. They don't know why you're kind of using this other chain. I think it's a little bit easier to understand that you can go to Avalanche and you use AVAX for gas. But two, um, I think why Metis is starting to starting to run. I think the first reason is people see that it's 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 its own layer two network with a token which is sub a billion dollars, and you only have to do like the most basic fucking quick and dirty overlook. If we look at smart contract platforms, all of these other chains, like you've seen these hyper valuations, like Solana twenty six billion, Cardano twenty five billion. Don't even talk to me about that. But um, if you start like slowly moving down, like you have to come to really really far down to see a layer one network that is sub a billion dollars and then when you're taking i don't know why metis isn't on here but like you've got bobber network there 182 and then whatever metis is is it like 500 600 million i think people are just looking at the opportunity there understand it's a good chain to use it's obviously connected to ethereum if people are buying it because vitalik's mom is, is part of the team then they're fucking idiots but just seeing a full layer two network of 452 million with specific developments happening over there, I think it's it just lends itself well to being critically undervalued, in my opinion. And it's it's just a joy to use, isn't it? Like transactions go through as soon as you fucking click. There's no lagging. It's everything's relatively cheap, and the products on there are pretty good. I think there's obviously room for growth there, and and that's that's sort of probably probably another reason because the, the ecosystem in and of itself is really immature and there's not much over there just yet but as new shit gets developed on there obviously all the contracts that have to be submitted and all the teams that require metas to actually deploy and all that shit and then as people come over to try and take advantage of the new emerging projects then they need metas to be able to facilitate that so that's my kind of idea around it okay so what do you think? Uh, my God, look at that fucking volume, man. Look at that volume. <laughs> okay, so real quick, I want to ask you more about a layer two, but but this thing is about to have a massive breakout, and this is how I know. Because, so I used to leverage trade a lot, right? And the thing I'm looking for in leverage trading, I just scan charts, top 100s that I can leverage trade. And I keep it on the four hour or daily time frame, and mm -hmm. I'm running through them. And what I look for is where volume increased significantly, but the price action didn't. So if you look back to February, if I could leverage trade this, I'd leverage trade the shit out of it right now. I put in some fat longs because, and I'm actually probably going to ape a ridiculous amount after, after realize <laughs> it looked like that. Um, from February up until March, we are in this same range, but the volume shit, right? Yeah. I mean, look at that parabolic rise with almost no volume. So, of course, there's been unlocks. So you, you got a, a more diluted market cap. But yeah, I mean we're we're in a we're in a range of of a two x, and but the volume's increasing significantly. So. Everyone always looks at volume and they think, oh my God, people are buying a lot. Well, it, it, that's not how it works. People are buying and people are selling. So mm -hmm. as people are selling, more people are buying. 
And as more people are buying, more people are selling. That's why you have a shitload of volume with very little move in price. It's it's bags being traded over. And these are coming from, from early investors, right? And, and so, that's that's a good point because this is on Tethys as well. So like the this this LP is effectively on Teth Tethys. So if if we've got uh let's see if we can get we won't get KuCoin on here. Maybe we can get KuCoin on. Yeah, let's let's see that. It was a newer listing. Check Uniswap too. Ah shit, sure. yeah, it's pretty new. Uh Uniswap. Might have a little bit better of a data set, but you know, this is really interesting. So volume is is okay here. Obviously, we've got this spike here, but if we compare that to the Tethys chart, which is this one, I believe. Oh, this is interesting. Volumes up on chain as opposed to so people are buying on chain. And people are interacting on chain more on Metis than they are on Uniswap, which is really interesting. Um, so it, it's all network effects. More people have come over um, inevitably need need the token. And I think Rao Powell was talking about network effects of, of ecosystems and networks through there. And th this is really indicative of um, people coming over to the chain. And we can obviously have a look at the L2 beats and the inflows and outflows and things like that. But this, because the volume spiked here, but it hasn't necessarily spiked on Uniswap. That tells me that there's an awful lot of people coming into the ecosystem and looking to buy metas that way. Okay, so so what is this? Because I, I want to know myself. When you say trading on chain, obviously I know they're using metas. I'm just going to say metas. It's Medis, but that, that, that just sounds weird. Um, <laughs> it does, right? Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah let's just all decide to say Metis because Meaties is like, what oh, is this like a meat shop? Or it's weird, dude. It's weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, what does this tell you as a farmer? You're looking at these TVLs, you say people are buying on chain. I personally have bought everything on Uniswap and then I bridge it over. But mm -hmm. wh why is this important here and or what does it mean when people are interacting with the chain more? Because I would assume more people are buying on chain than they are on the Ethereum version because the Ethereum version volume is kind of shitty compared to this. Yeah, well, this this speaks volumes like. So what's the date on that? March the 11th, we've got 324 million in TVL on, on Metas, Metis, however you want to fucking call it. Um, and that's interesting because we've effectively doubled TVL in the space of two days. And that's predominantly down to Hermes, Hermes, however you want to say that. Because um, they've, they've got 254 million in the Starstream. We've got 271 million in that. So we've effectively doubled the TVL. So what was... Let's have a... What date did I say that was? The... 11th 11th of march we had this well 10 12th of march Man, we had this ridiculous this like cool, then, uh, so this was like in this kind of area so people obviously loading up ready for the known hammers and uh Meyer and all that are gonna do their thing but yeah this this just shows you can see you can you can fucking see the the inflows and the amount of capital that's coming in i think um if we have a look at and Synapse Protocol, like one of the main bridges, they 
recently. Let's see. Yeah, look. So they 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 released their bridge to allow USDC over from any chain to Metis. That's on the 13th. And then they've said 15 million USDC has been bridged through signups in the past two days. And obviously that will have increased. 23, yeah, even the, even the tweet below. Same day. Tw- Sorry, dog's gone mental. 23 million now, now bridged over. So because this is making it easy for people to bridge over, oh, that dog, fuck shit. Um, we're just seeing massive upticks in, in volume. And because when we looked at the Uniswap volume profile, it wasn't as kind of hectic as it is here. So people are coming on chain and then scooping up Metis um, actually on the layer two itself as opposed to Uniswap. So that's good. So that means that, that, that people are actually, I mean, does that, when you're looking at this and looking at it from a farming perspective and saying like, what farms do I want to get in? What chains do I really want to put my money in? Does this affect your decision at all? Is like how many people are actually using the chain? Yeah, because think about it this way, right? If we, <clears throat> let me just bring up, start. Oh. I don't know if I can actually get this. I don't know if it'll actually show me the yields. Yeah, it will actually. So, uh, Metis, I want Metis USDT. Right, so this this Metis USDT, the, the reason the reason it's it's good for a farmer to have this high volume, high trading activity. I'm gonna fucking throw that dog in the pool. Isn't it? <laughs> um, so so what you've got here, right? It, if you are going to deposit USDT and Metis into Tethys and then deploy it into Beefy. Effectively, what you're saying is, I've got USDT and I've got Metis. I'm going to effectively put them into the liquidity pool. So anyone who wants to come over and trade USDT for Metis or Metis for USDT can effectively use your assets. But And, and why that's good for the point that you've just said, if, why, why do you want high volume? Because the more volume that happens between this trading pair, the more trading fee, so you got 0.3% trading fee, every 0.3% trading fee between Metis and USDT is then distributed to everyone who's deposited their assets in that liquidity pool. So you want high volume. So you want high volume, but let's have a look at what this is. So trading APR, you're getting 17, you're getting 17% just on trades alone. So those 0.3%, a time-weighted average of those 0.3% based on current volume is going to give you around 17% because that's 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 just based on the 0.3% trading fee. But what Tethys will be doing is they want to beat net and they want to beat all the other dexes. It's a very, very early stage. So what they'll say is, if you want to deposit your USDT and Metis with us, what we're going to also do is boost your yield and encourage your liquidity by giving you extra Tethys. So you've got USDT, you've got Metis, you've deployed it on Tethys. You're getting 17% in uh, trading fees alone. And then you're also getting a boosted APR from the incentives through Tethys, which is why you kind of get this farm token because effectively you're getting incentivized to deposit onto their platform by being paid out in the native token. So once you've depo- once you've deposited the assets into Tethys, what Beefy will do is you've deposited you've deposited liquidity, then you can go and put it in the Tethys farm and then you're going to be subject to the trading fees. And because you put it in a farm, you're going to be subject to the additional rewards in Tethys. But instead of depositing into the Tethys farm, what Beefy do is say once you've added liquidity, bring your liquidity, your LP token, your USDC Metis LP token, 
pop it in here, and on the back end, you're effectively giving them access to sell your daily Teffy's rewards and put it more into and build a bigger position in USDT and MetaSLP. So you're still getting the trading fees, and then every day when you get these Teffy's rewards, Beefy's going to go and sell them. They're going to put it into USDT and Metas, and then auto compound your rewards daily. So in doing that, it boosts the yield from like, what would that be? 72%. And because that auto compounding and selling your Tefis rewards for more USDT and matters, you're going to get 105, 104, 105% daily. I mean, not daily, uh, yearly and 0.19% daily. So that's how that kind of happens. But the, I suppose the, the negative of that is if this APY is too high and a vast amount of this proportion is from uh, incentives alone, because Beefy is going to be effectively selling Tethys every day, it's going to create like a large amount of sell pressure on the token. So it, um, you need to kind of weigh that up as well. That makes sense. Interesting. Yeah, it does. So they're they're so yeah. So the more so, so that seventeen percent is that calculated per volume, or is that always like that? Because it no, seems so like the more volume you would have, the 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 better, the more trading fees you're going to make, right? Yeah, hundred percent. That's what you want. Like, like if, if I'm if I'm looking for a farm with uh, Expo, like I I want to come here and see like a good APY, and I want to see a large part part of that coming from the trading because you don't want to you don't want to rely on incentives for your farms for a long duration because it's not sustainable. Like those rewards stop. Like if you think about like Trader Joe and like all the projects they work with. They'll, they'll incentivize liquidity for new projects in the Joe token, and then they'll they'll also team up with the project to incentivize with their own token as well. But that's only for like a month or two. Like, and if you're going to be farming for the longevity, you want high trading fees because that's your that's your base APR of what you're going to get. And then any anything else on top of that, that's that's great because if you if you if you go strictly from trading fees and get like that base trading APR then you can just effectively set and forget it because you know there's going to be high volume on that pair and you know you're going to get like a, a good APR uh, over the long run. And any kind of additional incentives are just kind of a bonus. Interesting. Okay. So so really you're... Um, I mean, it, it, I'm used to like these big shit coin, like thousand <laughs> X, right? It's like adrenaline junkie, like... It's either dust or moon, but the farming game, you're, you're really looking for your hot chains. Where's the volume? Where's the action? And does it take a larger amount of capital to, to, to make a difference? Because I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just looking at this like hundred percent and I'm like, God damn, like that, that's over like a year. Like doesn't seem like mm -hmm. that much to me. Right. But mm -hmm. is it because you're trying to stack these rewards in like Tevis, which you believe is going to pull like an eight or 10 X, or do you compound these rewards into selling it and creating more LP or I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to understand the overall strategy and how one actually like, let's say at a hundred thousand dollars, do I have enough to even make a dent with this? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like if you look at it from like a strictly, like you, you, you can do it two ways. You can use this to kind of increase your bags or if you want to do it from more of a passive income strategy then, because I know a lot of people will do that. Say they've got like hundred grand and that's kind of, that's their, their wage generator if you think about it that way. So if you can get like, if you're living in a, like I live in a relatively cheap part of the world. So 
if I've got like a hundred grand farming and I can get 20, 30% a year on that money, that's more than enough for me to be able to live out here and, and do what I want and never worry about like buy, buying anything. Like I live in an extremely cheap part of the world, so I've lowered my cost basis from doing that. But if you can get like 20, 30%, maybe that's on stables, maybe that's on something slightly more exotic. But overall, if you're getting a 20%, 20, 30% yield on a on 100 grand farming, then you've got 20, 30 grand to like just play with passively and do, do whatever you want. So that's that's it. There's two ways you can do it. Or you can... So, like, you can look at it this way as well. Let me kind of bring up. Let me bring up D Bank. So, it's like a cool little strategy to see. Let, let me see if. Uh... So if you, if you if you go on if you go on DBank and you type in like literally any protocol, so I've I've clicked on Beefy on Metis, so make sure you select the right chain. So you can kind of go in and see what these big wallets are doing. So this is the largest farmer on Beefy on Metis, and then you can just click through and see their wallets. Obviously, very decent bag there. So what are they doing? They've got some position on Tethys, um, and they're just farming Metis USDC, Metis Tethys. What are they doing on Beefy on Metis? Let's have a look. Oh, they've still got, and they've got a lot of assets in Starstream as well there. Teffy's and Metis, just playing that old game. So it's it's always a good little idea to just click through and have a look at what these larger accounts are doing. Um, just to kind of align your strategy so you're not going to get absolutely fucked if they decide to do something ridiculous. Like if they, if they had like a, a million dollars worth of Teffy's, obviously they wouldn't just like hypothetically speaking. And it wouldn't be the best idea to just be holding out because that's they, these rewards are going to end up inevitably finding themselves onto, onto the market. But if if they dep deposited this these LPs in Beefy, these rewards daily would be getting sold into more LP position. So you can do it like two ways. You can you can try and stack as much Tethys as physically possible by farming through their platform if you're like a long-term bull on it. Or if you just want more LP, then you're more beneficial popping it in Beefy and just selling these rewards for more LP automatically. What what's the advantage to getting more LP as opposed to just stacking the the tethys? Well, it depends depends what you want to do, right? Because uh, where where is it? I mean, I'm obviously you you further compound the more LP you have, but like all these things have a rise and fall, right? Like there's a period where it's hot and there's a period where it's not. So it, it's like how long? How how do you determine how long where you want to stack your LP? And build that up versus like when you just want to sell out of the position. Yeah, and that's it's completely dependent on your strategy, I suppose. Like for me, I think it'd be a pretty good idea to try and stack as much Teffies as possible. So you could just farm directly through Teffies as opposed to selling this. Um, and I think this this guy obviously thinks that as well because they're they're LP in Teffies, they want to get those extra rewards, probably like a couple of hundred a couple hundred percent on Teffies meta. So and this is interesting as well. This is this is really interesting because when you when you pair with a stable coin, right? Just like let's just think about this, right? From a situation, you, someone comes along, they want to swap USDC for Metis, and you've deposited fifty percent Metis and fifty percent USDC in dollar dollar terms. Let's say you put fifty grand in Metis and fifty grand USDC. 
let's say someone comes along to this, this liquidity pool and they want to they want to buy some metas with their USDC. Because you've deposited liquidity, they're effectively taking a small percentage of your metas and replacing replacing that with USDC. So as more people come in to buy metas, your holdings in that liquidity pool are getting um, gradually decreasing in metas and increasing in USDC. So this is where this is where impairment loss comes into it because you'd have probably been better just holding metas because it's you, on a dollar basis, metas price is going to go up and you're going to do well over that instead of providing liquidity. But if you're expecting a downturn in the short to medium term and you're more long-term bull on metas, then think about it this way, right? Every time someone sells metas because the chart's going down, they're effectively coming to your liquidity pool, depositing metas in and taking USDC. That's, that's just the trade. Metas in, USDC out. That's effectively their selling metas. So if you were short-term bear but long-term bull, you can pair with a stable coin. And then every time the markets, someone, someone comes along and trades metas for USDC, your holdings in metas are going to be gradually increasing. It's effectively automatically buying the dip continuously every time someone trades. So what if you if you can time this right and you can do it well and you can understand the mechanics behind it, if you pair with a stable coin in a short-term bear market while the market's going down, you can just use this as effectively an automatic dip dip buyer. So your USD that USDC that you've deposited in here is going to get removed from every everyone selling. Uh, everyone selling metas. And then if you if you can time it correctly, if you want to break up that LP at the bottom, or like when you see a small trend reversal going into a larger market outlook that's going to be bullish, then you've effectively just stacked a full full bag of metas. You can sell the remaining USDC for metas. Then all the time, you've been earning that APR and APY on top of that. So it's it's a really effective by the dip kind of strategy, which I think a lot of people don't don't realize and kind of probably overlook. Interesting. Okay. Well. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's one of those things where like, I'm just trying to learn about this. So these things help because you've been doing this for, for quite a while and, and you're obviously a legend at it. Um, but I, I just found it interesting that you, you took a particular interest in Metis and I was wondering why, because, um, I'm heavily invested in the coin itself. I, I think it, it'll go to at least a thousand token. Uh, if we get a true bull market, I could see five or 10,000 if Bitcoin's running up to a million. But, you know, I'm just kind of wondering, it's like, how do people play these these hot chains, these hot farms? Um, you know, what's the strategy? Like, uh, is it like, yeah, I'm going to farm it for three months while it's hot and, and stack as much tethys because I because everything else is bearish. So I let's say I have a million dollars to farm like just chilling right this is like am i gonna farm this million dollars on these things because i think tevis is going to 10x so i do it for three months or is this like a long-term providing liquidity deal or you, you know and i obviously know it's different on every term um i'm just trying to get a grasp of this overall though well like a good way to play it like let's say you're long-term ETH and long-term metas bull, or even if you've got some Bitcoin, there'd be no harm in like wrapping that Bitcoin and pairing it with metas. That this is really, really good for any Bitcoin pair. This is like really, really good. And that and the reason for that is look at the TVL. 
13.73k. You can effectively deposit 13 grand in here in Bitcoin and Metis. And every time someone trades Bitcoin for Metis, if this TVL was 26 grand and you own 13 grand of it, you're getting 50%. You're getting 0.15% of that trading fee every single time. So because the TVL is so low, your percent, you own a larger percentage of, of that pool. So this is a really good APY. Um, it's just taking advantage of early opportunities before the rest of the market comes in or before like the larger world participants come over, like you see Alameda and you see kind of three arrows, like tip their toes in. That's when you want to be in before those so they can kind of buy your bags off you with like large size. Um, and then from there, you need to be extremely careful because what they'll do is they'll, they won't deposit in beefy. They might, they might pair Tethys to Metis and just farm it. And then they're going to have this ridiculous amount of Tethys rewards and that'll end up finding its way to the market. That's why we see... Why, that's why Trader Joe and the Joe token so fucking frustrating because the project is actually insane, but they have such like large accounts farming on there. Like if we look at, uh, let me just, All right. So that's a contract. This is like top holding. Like look at the fucking state of this wallet. It's like 1.3 billion in it. What are they doing on Trader Joe? They've got. 70, 75 million farming. So they've got like all the standards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is one so, wallet. Yeah, this is one wallet. This will be like Alameda right. or 3SV or something Damn. like that. So, so they've nah, just nah. got, so they've got their BEC, USDC, like just all the standard pairs that will have high trading volume. And then this is like the latest uh, staked AVAX, AVAX. So this will have a relatively tight peg. So there won't be much impairment loss there. But this is the problem. See how much they're farming, Joe. And what's going to happen to that Joe? They're not going to just fucking hold on to it. It's going to find its way to the market and it's just going to come under like ridiculous um, sell pressure on the token. So this is when these big players come into the game. This is when you need to be careful about their strategies, which is why I'd always recommend going into D-Bank and have a look at what they're doing. They've got like 1.5 million stake. This, this is what lends me to think it might be 3SE because they've put an investment in them. But a lot of the time, these Joe rewards will just get sold because that's their opportunity cost. If, if Joe drops by 50%, then obviously these rewards drop as well. So their yield generated over the, over the course of the year is going to drastically reduce. And they're a business at the end of the day. So you need to be very careful about when there's these mercenary capital farmers in, in specific projects you like. Damn, that's wild. Yeah, this is like in a whole new... <laughs> it's crazy that people... Like this guy providing like seventy five million to this, you know this dude's like rocking with like, I don't know, I don't know if it was me, if I'm putting this much in something, yeah, seventy five million. Like, he's got one. What is that? His wallet's worth one point three billion. Yeah, yeah. So there they've got one hundred and fourteen million in platypus. <laughs> so do you? I mean, God, this is just his farming fund. So this guy's probably got you know. Six billion, seven billion to his name. I don't know. I, I mean, for me personally, I know if I this was my this was my yield right or my my, my farming account. If I put one point three billion in something, I'm gonna have like at least five to six because I'm just thinking of my risk. But mm-hmm. so so you watch these these flows and like where their money's going. And let's say you you see a lot moving from like optimism or AVAX over to to Medes, uh, is is that what kind of tips you off? Like, yeah, this is where I need to start working and farming. Yeah, hundred percent. So, like, uh, let's see if Star Streams on here. 
perfect. So this will be a good example. So because obviously these have these have these have drawn in an awful lot of liquidity because of the Hermes launch. So all I do here is have a look at Starstream. Let's have a look at the top account. That's that's a contract. So just completely dis ignore that. So this contract owns eight point five percent of the TVL on Starstream. So let's have a look what these guys are doing. Uh, eight hundred eighty four grand wallet because this is strictly a Metis wallet. I I hazard a guess that. This is what they're using just strictly on 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 Metis, and they probably have um, funds on other chains as well. But right, so they've got well, effectively, that all they're doing is staking staking stars. So that's not, and this actually this might be a private investor because they've got an unlock time on that. So that's probably not a very good example. But we have a look at what these are doing. Yeah, these these seem to be these might be owners or founders because they've got right. So that's a little bit better. So stars and metis on Starstream, probably through Hermes. What's this C token? Yeah, what the fuck is that? And this is this is the beauty of it as well, right? Because I've never heard of this. I've never heard of OSHA. So then you just go away oh, and have a, little, have a little dig into it. And if someone's got like. 670 grand and majority of it in Starstream and on Metas, then you can just go and have a little investigate of what these other projects are. They might be extremely early, but if they've got this this amount in on the Metas ecosystem, then they're probably being tipped up about other projects on there as well. So just yeah, it's like, why, why do they have $461? So it's such a random amount. It's nothing. It's a cool ticker. Yeah, yeah. Not a cool chart though. <laughs> oh. Fuck me. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to go through? I don't want to take too much of your time. There's an awful lot of opportunity in the market, so. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I feel like. I feel like the market overall, um, it's obviously, we're kind of bearish right now, right? But mm -hmm. I think there's, there's you're going to want to play your hot trends, your hot hands, things that are moving. Uh, for me, Bitcoin, Air, MRI, that's my biggest ones. Um, but I think it's a really good opportunity in these times to look at what's hot, what's moving, where's money flowing? This guy with over a billion dollars that's farming, like where is he putting his money and why? And uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of mind blown because I, I, I'm not a farmer. I, I, I don't do that. So as I'm seeing this, I'm like, okay, where are the whales playing? What pools are they splashing? <laughs> why are they splashing in it? And it's it's like a whole new new thing. But um, no, I, I, I think. Uh, I mean, these are the times, you know, people working right now, they're the, they're the true workers, the true grinders. They, they're going to be successful. You know, they will make it that saying we all going to make it. Well, no, we're, we're not all going to make it. It's a zero sum game. Some of us mm -hmm. are going to fucking lose and some of us are going to win. And the guys who can win when most people are losing, those guys are definitely going to win when everyone's winning. So, I mean, now's the time where, where legends are really birthed. This is like where you show yourself. And um, 
I don't know. I'm just interested to jump into some of these strategies. And I think this is good. I, I would love to learn more about this. And I think people mm-hmm. want to know more about this. Uh, you know, people watching this stream, it's like, what is going on here? And and these are probably <laughs> concepts that are super foreign to them or they're familiar with it. And I just sound like a dumbass because I don't know what I'm talking about. But either way, I think we should we should push into these concepts Um like to me, shitcoin is second nature. I could probably find you something tomorrow that's going to, like a two x easy, the two x all day long. You just gotta get in early. You get the alpha, you get in early. Two x, five or ten x, that's easy shit. Hundred thousand x. Now we gotta find something that's good, something that's cooking, something like you can kind of foster and and and, and work for. But I I don't know, man. I, I, I'm looking at the whole point of trading is to make money. So you want to take your gains from easy things and rotate it into more sustainable. Like you can't ape 500,000 in into a shit coin, but you can ape it into something like Metis, the token. And also while you're holding that token, put it to work because you got this huge stack of stables. That's just chilling there because it's, it's bearish time. So like, your, your, your metas that you're stacking from your shitcoin profits, you might as well put it to work for you. And then when everything gets bullish, let's say, you know, you're farming Tevis or something and Tevis does a 5X when a bull market hits. Well, then effectively, it's like you're not just making 100% APR, you're making 500%. So mm-hmm. I think that whole flow and rotation is quintessential um, in the big picture. You know, I'm trying to really get in that second step. So I'd love to push into more of that. And I, I think everyone, at least the people that follow me and my crowd would, would love to know that because they're just over here trying to stack as much ETH as they can. They might be sitting on a thousand ETH and looking at these strategies, it's like, Jesus Christ, you could be putting this ETH to work for you, you know? Yeah. Well, that's maybe that's how we structure it then. Like like next week we come on, we have a look at some just – brief glance of what's happening on the bigger picture and then we get into your expertise with meme coins and the shit coins and the micro caps and nano caps and, and all that play and then we can kind of get into, into some more kind of farming strategies and, and yield generation so people can actually have a full dedicated strategy going forward if they want to be flipping shit coins and then pushing them into higher liquid players or higher yield players maybe that's how we structure it as i say this was like completely off the cuff we didn't even know the stream was going to fucking work so yeah i suppose we we can do that every week. Um, I know you're going to set up a channel as well, so if you want to kind of rotate it between this one and, and yours, then we'll just do that. And if there's any kind of just to shoot us a DM or put it in the expo chat if you want anything to um, be brought up on the streams, we can cover that as well. I'm just looking at some of the comments. I'm not going to read out some of the, some of the comments. Are <laughs> uh, people just sitting on it? Yeah, no, it's not. It's good. The comments are all good, but there's. Uh, there's just one coin in, uh, in particular that people are talking about. <laughs> There's one coin that they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Which which coin is it? I, I would love to know. You don't have to say, but I would. I, I'm interested. I'm gonna message you now. Because <laughs> I don't know what it is. So check check your Telegram. All right. <laughs> Oh, meme Kong. Master <laughs> Dev. Master Dev, MD, baby. Pumping out shit coins. Love him. <laughs> uh, 
Big D, if you're listening to this, you are a legend. You have my ultimate respect. No, I, I, I don't know if that's his coin. I really don't know. Um, very good meme dove, very good community coin dove. I think it's one of his friend's coins. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's the – holy shit, that looks fucking terrible. Never mind. Um, Is that the right one? No, it not be the right one. I bet uh, maybe this is the right one. <laughs> Yeah, okay, that looks good. Um, <laughs> full disclaimer, I gotta be straight up honest. My dad, my father, fucking texted me <laughs> on day one of this coin. He bought it. <laughs> now, I, he's not... <laughs> it's hilarious, dude. <laughs> he is not your standard investor, right? This guy is, is, is a grown man, right? He owns a fucking concrete and trucking business. And uh, yeah, he told me about it day one. But see, I trained him in the ways of DeFi. I trained him in the ways of shitcoining. And he messaged me day one. So I'm sure he's making some great gains. Um, yeah, no, that looks like... This is the one they're talking about? That's... Yeah, that's got to be it. 26 million. I'm not, I'm not buying anyone's bug. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, sorry guys, I'm not buying here. No offense, uh, don't dump your bags, but I sure as fuck am not buying. Um, now, if you caught me on that dip around the seventh, yeah, I would have fucking bought there. Um, or if you just send us it when it's like 26k instead of 26 million, yeah, I'd be more than happy to throw something at it. Yeah, that's the thing. I, like, it, shitcoin is risk to reward for me. I will never buy something over a 10 million market cap, it's against my rules. Why? Because I don't want a 2X. I don't want a 3X. I don't want a fucking 10X. I want a 100X. And I'm not trying to sound like some pompous asshole, but with the way that I run my shit and when I work with teams, when I go to work, baby, like I go to work. I'm working for that team 16 hours a day. When I say I'm working for that team, I'm not on the team. I'm bag holding, but I act like I'm on the team, right? I'm like, hey, I'm here. Cairo Crypto, I'm here day one. What are we doing? Who's being contacted? What influencers are on board? What catalysts do we have? Are we doing spaces? What are we talking about? Do we have any celebrities? So when I'm looking at a project, I want to be in on the ground floor because I, I want to know this shit and I want to help control it. I'm a control freak. I want control. Like, I want to know what we're doing. So yeah. I don't, I, I'm not interested in a 2X because I also want 1% of the supply. What am I going to do? Ape fucking 260 grand into meme Kong right now? Fuck no, dude. That's retarded. I'd rather fucking farm it or something. <laughs> Sorry if my blatant honesty is disappointing people. I think it's a cool project. Uh, the dev is, he pumps stuff up very well. And I think it could do another 2 to 4X easy but I'm just not interested in buying at this point. Mm -hmm. I'd rather get rugs than buy something at a 26 million <laughs> market. I'm sorry if this is so crass, but it's just the way that I roll. <laughs> no, uh, it's, it, it's about risk to reward, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. my risk, if I'm going to ape in 200,000 into something, no bullshit. I'm going to put it into Expo right now. Why? Because 
minimum, it's a 10X. I think it's easy going to 20X. So for me, it's like, I don't know, you know? Exactly. I have a buddy exactly. who scans live pairs every day. This is all <laughs> he does. He never gets in Telegram. He never looks at a website. I was asking him, I'm like, bro, do you check the contracts to make sure they're a rug? Or, or uh, sorry, or a honeypot? He's like, no, bro, you don't have time for that. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's like, like for him, like 30 to 80,000 market cap is his range. And I'm like, dude, what makes you ape? He's like, I look at the data, bro. I look at the inflow. I look at how many buyers. And if I see like 30 unique buyers buying max wallets, those are insiders. So that's mm -hmm. what he apes on. He never looks up this shit at all. He just apes based on he created his own algorithm of data. This guy pulls 10 ETH a day every day. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right? I've got, I've, got my, uh, I've got my little brother coming out to, to meet me here. And he's like, do you have any kind of work for me to do? And I was just like, right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit you in front of the live, live, uh, live fans listening. And you're going to fucking reset every single thing that comes up on there. And you're going to feed them through to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I love it. Charlie. Child labor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Um, yeah, well, yeah, bro. Uh, it's a great fucking time chatting. Yeah, let, let, let's do this once a week, and let's get a combination of, I think we go through market sentiment, uh, some some HTFDA, Bitcoin, Ethereum, some couple current events that are relevant, and then let's kind of delve into like, where are we placing our capital? Because I want to know as a viewer, if I'm watching this and I have, let's just say $5,000, like where am I putting it? And by all means, this is never financial advice. I'm sometimes a fucking idiot, right? I lose money a lot. I make way more than I lose though. That That's the key. So you, we could, we, we should talk about that. We should talk about risk management. We should talk about percentage mm -hmm. of your portfolios. Um, for me to risk more than 1% of my portfolio, I have to have ultimate conviction. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we should talk about that. And then we should just go through, like, here's what's hot. Here's what's not hot. And if you're really looking at now, is it, it's easy to see in bearish times. It's easy to see what's bullish. So what narratives are hot? I would rather be in hot narratives or I'd rather be stabled up because, mm -hmm. um, and that's where I need to get into farming. But other than that, like, yeah, bro, I love shit like Alliance Block, et cetera. But, like, I ain't buying that shit right now. It's in the shitter, you know? Yeah, exactly. Sounds good. Yeah, that's, um, I'll just send you over my calendar link and we can just jump on next week. And, uh, yeah, if people liked it, um, I don't really know how you say all the YouTube stuff. But, yeah, I do all the YouTube stuff as well. And um, we'll get it shared on Twitter so if anyone's missed it, they can watch it again or if there was anything interesting that you didn't quite understand you can have a little watch back yeah, that sounds good sorry meme <laughs> kong or kong or whatever the hell your thing is called if uh if it's a bearish effect my apologies don't mention shit in comments if you don't want me to give my honest opinion <laughs> <laughs> right i'll give you a message in a bit right I'll speak soon sounds good brother see you bro. bye peace